Here we are again, episode four, five, four, four, episode four, representation podcast with your two favorite siblings, Yusuf and Sophia. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Guess what mum sent me today? Oh my God, what? Wait, let me guess. She loves Bowden, so... Okay, no, you're, just, you're so okay, far off. Okay. Forget it. No, forget okay. it. Just let me tell you. She sent me a cryptocurrency meme today. I actually knew you were going to say something about cryptocurrency. It was going to be my second guess, no joke. After a photo of her wearing some Bowden clothes, it was going to be a crypto meme. Yeah, unfortunately, her, Bode, her Bowden influencer stage on Instagram is... Or wannabe Bowden influencer stage is over. R.I.P. So she's she's sacked off the Bowden and she's now on the crypto. Honestly, you got to have different strings to your bow or whatever the phrase is, because you know it's just got to be a multifaceted person. So Bowden one day, cryptocurrency the next day. Don't don't put yourself in a box. You know, Mum loves the strings to her bow. She loves crypto. Yeah, yeah. She loves everything. She loves. She cooks amazing food. She loves Bitcoin. You know. Get a mum that can do both. Get a mum that can do both. So yeah, what a time to be alive. Getting crypto memes from your mum. Happy days. Everything's going to be good. Buy the dip. Oh, you, you know what? I actually woke up, because obviously I'm in Amsterdam, not in Bristol. I woke up today feeling like I missed everyone a little bit. And you know how I know I'm feeling a little bit homesick is that I will put on some old school Bollywood tracks and just pretend we're all together listening to Shari Khan. Okay. And also then your, your Zara does a really good, our sister Zara does a really good impression of Sophia when she's home. She's like, guys, I'm just, I'm just really homesick. I want to come back. <laughs> Which you do probably once every three months, I think. Hey, come on. It's a pandemic. I miss home. I'm so far away. Hey, come on, guys. I just, I'm just feeling really sad. Uh, also, I haven't had my Eid money transferred yet. So if you could tell everyone to do that, I'm still waiting. Well, yeah. Join 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 the club but then i guess i am 30 so if you're 30 and still expect to need money no i'm entitled to that money hey ed is for everyone whatever age you are i reckon share the love spread the load so who have we got on today oh my days we have perhaps the most handsome man i've ever met in the whole wide world also with a lot of strings to his bow yeah speaking of strings to bow he does a lot and yeah as you said he is deadly handsome my days Oh my days, he's so handsome. So we are very excited this week to have on the amazing Ryan Lange. Okay, today we have got DJ, artist, fashion creator, winner of a Netflix series, host of the upcoming BBC Three, big proud party agency, and honestly, about a million other things. A million other things. A million other things. I was doing my research. I was like, does this guy want to do any more things at this time? Anyway, we've got Ryan Lange. Woo! Namaste, Sassiakal. Hi, hello, bonjour. Assalamu alaikum, Ryan. How are you doing today? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Try to include everyone, but obviously forgot um, my Muslim brothers, sisters, and gender non-conforming creatures. But I am well. I am very well. I'm very happy to be alive. I'm vibrating on a high level today, so I'm quite happy. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you're ha- happy, especially in this awful way, May weather we've got going on. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I'm one of those people who just don't really look at the weather because I just feel like it's a fool's errand. You are the weather. You are the sunshine. Yeah. That blonde, blonde lid. Yeah, that's it. I bring you. I bring you flowers. I bring you flowers and sunshine in the pouring rain. And oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <Goodness> <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's actually that is actually what's happened after the flower fight like people were like I bring you flowers and I'm like that wasn't even on the show and like I just okay it's cute but it's just one of those I, I went to the flower market this morning actually and um I was with Jan um who was on the flower fight with me and he was um a cute runner-up and um basically he some uh, a Japanese duo these two girls were there like um buying flowers and they ran up to him and they're like oh you from the flower fight can we take a picture with you and they gave me their camera and I Ooh. was like I won the show and then I took my mask off and they were like, ah, it was really funny because that, th- that's a knock to the ego. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, I, I like getting a knock to the ego because this is the first time for everything. Exactly. Yeah. You got to, <laughs> sometimes you've got to try and stay humble. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> YouTube has knocks to the ego every day and oh, it's shit. literally this big. It's just this part of who I am now. Now self, self-deprecation is the only, is my only language. It's the only way I can speak. Uh, if Yusuf's ego was a piece of wood, it'd be in the shape of a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about Hungama, please. And for everyone who doesn't know, it's an East London night bringing together South Asians. We've got drag queens, Bollywood, hip hop, R&B. And the more I learn about it, it really does encapsulate that word Hungama, which for, you know, those people who don't speak Urdu means chaos. A little bit cheeky. Well, Hangama is, it means is Urdu and Hindi for chaos and celebration and bedlam. Um, it's a word that is very dear to my heart because my mum used to use it all the time on the phone. Like before a party, she'd be like, oh my God, it's going to be such a Hangama or like last night was such a Hangama. And it's just one of those words I just heard a lot in my childhood. Um, my mum was like a, a, a socialite. She'd do the best parties and I'd always be DJing them. And so I, I had this penchant for Bollywood movies. And not DJing is in the sense that like I was on CDJs DJing. I was like, I was going running up to the bedroom and using cassettes and like rewinding the cassettes and getting to the right part of the song or the beginning of the song and then run downstairs and put the next cassette in i was that kid og dj i want to that really shows a lot about your childhood that you heard the word hungama all the time because let me tell you we didn't hear it once boring bashirs never heard the word hungama so let's give you the real story because I think it's really important if you have listeners to like know the genesis of Hungama. So um, I left Vancouver, Canada when I was 23. Um, I, I became a fashion curator in London, not by profession. I literally was like, I need a job and I want to work in art. So I got a job as an invigilator at the gallery. Um, and I ended up curating like the world's first nail art exhibition because I was obsessed with fingernail art. I thought it was so cool. This is 11 years ago. Like I was so proud of being this guerrilla curator. I dropped out of school. I studied film. And um, my parents like were not super supportive about being, being, being queer. So I kind of ran away to London. And um, it was a situation where in London, I felt so alienated because in fashion, I was considered an art curator. And in art, I was considered a fashion curator. In East London, I was considered like an exotic creature that was named Ryan. So people didn't know where I was from. And in these gay clubs that I was trying to immerse myself in and bed myself in, they, they just revolved around... Uh, proximity of whiteness and queerness that I had no identity or commonality with. And so um, I just felt extremely disenfranchised by the whole world. And it was just one night where I just had this like internal breakdown after I was coming home from an event where I went by myself and I was trying to make friends. And like a lot of people might be able to relate to like moving to a big city and trying your hardest to connect with people. And you know, you have, you know, you have creativity and friendship and kindness to offer. And I just, I was just like, you know, I'm over it. And so I just basically went home and cried to Bollywood music because I really miss my family and I miss my mom. And the next day I was like, I'm going to throw a Bollywood party because there's got to be more queer gay Asian people out there. And um, so I went to Club Kali, which is like 
one of the oldest running gay nights um, in London. It's been running for 25 years. And I went to it and it was really cute, but like, it was just not the vibe for me because it was like a lot of people who were still in the closet, a lot of older Indian men, a lot of Indian men who have come from India. It was a very important, intentional space to let them congregate and meet. But I was like, I'm in fashion and art. I want to dress up. That's not me. That's not me. I am fierce. I want to create the first ever like Indian Studio 54. I want a Bollywood party where everyone's like, what is that noise? Um, everyone's going to it. It's like photograph like crazy. It has loads of press and PR, just like Studio 54. And so I threw the first Hungama. Um, I just called it Hungama because it just popped into my head because I was like, I want it to be a Hungama. I want it to be chaotic. Um, and I just threw it at a pub in East London. Uh, we dressed the whole place in Marigold. Um, Max Allen, who's a fashion designer and art director, uh, he's done, designed stuff for like um, Shy Girl and um, uh, MIA, uh, art directed the poster and uh, did the party. And this was only three years ago. So it was, it was quite recently. And, um, and we did it. And uh, there was like probably six brown people there. And I didn't even know how to DJ. I was DJing off YouTube and Spotify. And, um, but it was amazing to see the brown, the one brown guy who was in the club was just like, dancing to Kuchko Chota here and Missy Elliott's work it. And it was just like a vibe. Such a vibe. And like, also, I think the thing is about this is we, like, I don't know, do you feel there's loads of pressure for South Asian people when they're coming out? It's kind of a choice to be South Asian or to embody their queerness. It's hard to like bring both of those things together. But like, that's exactly what Hungama is. You're like, hey, obviously you can do both things. And Yeah. There's this moment where we, I, I allow the dance floor to be a space of uh, a granting of permission to reconnect your culture unapologetically in spaces that wouldn't normally acknowledge your culture. So we used being Indian and being um, a, a fan of the sounds of Bollywood and the style of Bollywood as a center of gravity to allow people to connect to a future version of themselves. First, it was a, it was a gay Asian night for men. It was like, I just wanted to, maybe it was a, a, a social a social strategy that I had. I was like, I need to, I want to marry a brown gay Asian man. So like, I need to find them. So let's have this twilight bark where everyone will come to this party that only I can throw. Um, and then I was just like, actually the sound is incredible. Like um, I've never heard Bollywood music played like this before. It's not any Indian person who goes to a, um, a wedding reception wouldn't hear the sounds of Hangama. Hangama is a very specific sound. And I learned that, um, just by try, trial and error, like mashing up sounds in such a um, dichotomous way. And, um, and I brought all of my friends in fashion and art. So like the first Hangama had like um, Rose McGowan and Nicholas Kirkwood and like um, the fashion director of Hunger Magazine and the editor of Vogue, like all just partying because they were just like, this is great and we want to come and see. And then all these young kids started to hear about it through all the press that we got. And um, it just started bringing all these young creatives um, and queer South Asians, as well as like cool allies in our community. I feel like the party itself was almost like a, a, a watering hole for um, woke South Asians or not. Yeah. And like, there's this welcoming vibe to it. Where like everyone's allowed to be there. You can show up in an Adidas tracksuit or a white t-shirt and some like basic ass shoes, or you can show up like dressed like a drag queen. No one's going to give up. It's just about being kind. And it's about understanding that you don't know everything and not everything needs to be an Android and needs to be a Bitcoin conversation. Yeah. Also, sorry, so much respect for you when you're like, I want to marry someone brown and gay. And so I'm just going to throw a knight for brown gay people. <laughs> 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 she's on Hinge, I'm on Hangama. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should throw a night for a very specific group of people that I fancy. DJ skateboarders. 
<laughs> so anyways, I, I did the party and like, I got a, a really like humble amount of press. I literally, I, I, I did the work as a curator. I was like, I want to do this like an exhibition. Like I started to realize looking back now, I can say this, but Hangama is a happening and people or my medium and it is it is a curatorial work of art um what we've managed to accomplish through sheer organization and unionization of cool south asian people has been incredible um i i did the research on twitter found all of the south asian queer or south asian journalists and writers i sat down with them and told them what my dream was they all bought into it and were like this is incredible we want to support you so we had press like i think we had like 16 pieces of international coverage like after the first party and and this was like it was just an incredible uh, feat um and now it's transitioned to this really beautiful night that is like um a synergetic space for like creatives like we that every i'm just so honored to think that like after only three years like you can't meet someone who hasn't been to hangama or or found their community in hangama and has like been able to step into the possibility of their dreams that the South Asian community don't allow to exist when you're growing up. Yeah, you've created this really amazing space for everyone where like so many identities are being able to come together. Um, and it is like you mentioned, you mentioned like allyship. And I was wondering if that's a bit of a tightrope act of, you know, inviting everyone to your night and it being a really inclusive space. Because obviously if Yusuf and I were in London and it wasn't a pandemic, we'd absolutely love to come to one of your nights. Mm -hmm. But is it also, you know, a balance of being like, no, but this is also a space for a particular person for a reason. Like as, you know, queer South Asian people, you like fought to have this space for you guys. Yeah, I think it is really important to acknowledge that it needs to be a safe space for the LGBTQIA plus community primarily. But I, I really believe in the future of diversity being being practiced at all times. So like we've ha we've had hangamas where we had like people show up and they were dressed a bit like too too close to the nose about like I don't know the way that they appropriating the culture or like someone a group of straight people will come and they'll just be like a bit too extra or we'll host it in a venue where like we take over the venue at six p.m. So there are people in the space who are not aware of like all of these South Asians are showing up to do drag and cabaret and a DJ. And I, I use these opportunities as, as learning points. And like, so I can, I go up to these people and I'm just like, I need to explain to you what's happening. Um, and I'm happy to like take on a bit of this emotional labor and explain to you why this is going to feel uncomfortable for you, but this is now our space and we're now going to be here. And these people are, are come, are come first and um, you're going to create space, to let them celebrate. And then through that celebration and through that inviting of them to come in and celebrate with us, you learn a whole new level of representation, visibility, and acceptance. Sophia just touched on um, it being a pandemic. I wanted to ask you, Ryan, what you and kind of Hungama have been doing in this downtime um, in terms of like trying to keep that interaction with your regulars maybe, or just keeping that kind of message of positivity and inclusiveness out there. Yeah. So I was, I was devastated when the pandemic hit because I planned a hangama, a massive flower party, which was going to be my announcement of the big flower fight. Um, we had every single DJ that I could possibly think was incredible on the lineup from like my Panda Shall Fly to like Little India to Nadine Artois, myself, Aisha Mirza, um, like all these incredible like hangama household names. We had every drag queen um, that I could think of and performer I could think of. And it was on March 21st, which was the day of national lockdown. And I was like, as days progressed, I was like, 
this party is not going to happen. And I just got back from DJ in Delhi and I was at, at Kitty Sue and I was just like in this really great space where I was like, India has woken up. They've like decriminalized homosexuality. And I, I was invited by the motherland to go play gay music. Like it was just a really big moment for me. But then um, I remember in India, I just had the sensation that like things were going to change. So I kind of like had it in my head that like, I, there needs to always be a backup plan. So after I mourned the loss of the party and the whole year of planning that I had, because we were going to like DJ at the Royal Ballet, we were going to take over the South Bank for pride. Like we had all of these plans that would have just like exponentially increased Hungarma's footprint around the world. Um, so it just all came to a halt. And um, so I, I fell to my knees, to be honest, and um, I didn't know what to do. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, you have a support system. I like, I'm blessed to have a really great group of people around me um, who support me and, and remind me of who I am. And I was like, there are so many queer South Asians right now who are in London and in different parts of the UK who've run away from home, who have no contact with their family, who are, have been abandoned or have been exiled. I was like, it is your job to keep Hungama going. And so I immediately started a Bollywood quiz night on Hungama on like, it was called like, So no matter what, at 6 p.m., I'll have a 20-minute or 30-minute conversation with someone who I think is incredible at Hangama and gives everyone something to do and insight so they'll feel like they get to know them. Because I think uh, about building our community is not about building celebrity. It's about building people that you can be and people that you can meet and people who want to collaborate with you. That's so impressive. Every single night. Yeah, every single night we did it. And then um, I think after like maybe 30 days or something like that, I was like, I can't do this every day. It's not sustainable. So I started to pick people that I thought were really interesting. And I wanted them to showcase um, what they do, who they are and their art on Hungama um, and do takeovers. And takeovers to this day are still running. It just completely like prismatically diversified our audience where we had like trans people, um, people from the Middle East. Like we had some incredible people um, who were just like, yeah, I want to do it because I'm queer and I've never been able to come to Hangama, but I want to show people what I do. And it's just been so wonderful to just like be able to give people these like, like micro doses of, of queer creative culture because it hasn't existed for so long. Let's talk more about your DJing because that's why we're all here. Your your DJing brings mm. together all sorts. It's like Bollywood, hip hop, R and B. This this week I was listening on Eid. My housemate was putting me on an Eid dinner, so I put on one of your mixes and we listened to it as we were going. And you know, it went from Drake to Bollywood to Beyonce, and I was like, this this is this is me in a mix. I'm having the best time. Bollywood is obviously has always been and still is like a big part of your identity, like. What's your, what's your top Bollywood film? I mean, there's obviously the classics. I mean, any Sanjay Lila Bansali film I'm, I'm totally here for. The more basic, the better for us. We, we're actually not that versed in it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay don't worry. That's fine. Um, uh, Devdas, Devdas, of course, um, like um, uh, Bajal Mastani. But these are, like, these are the films that came out um, maybe 2010 moving forward i think like uh, old school vibes like there are films like which Kotota is obviously a classic the wild delanya is obviously a classic um but i just like i took a hiatus from bollywood because i felt like bollywood didn't have a place for me like i couldn't i i got to a point where i could see through the scripts i could see the, the, the lack of representation i was getting really exhausted by the sort of like very superficial comedy and like um poorly nuanced um characters and like so i left 
And that's why I left into London. I became completely like white centered yeah. and, and the, the queer community completely um, accommodated that because they're like, Oh, we're so sorry that your like culture doesn't accept you, but you can be here. Listen to Kylie Minogue and Madonna and like, and we're going to go to pride. Like, don't you love the rainbow flag? And yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't like any of this. And then it was confusing to me because I'm like, what does a queer person look like? And, um, and also I have like my mom breathing down my neck, my family being like, oh, don't tell anyone you're gay. And, um, but then there are family members who are like, we don't mind you being gay, but you need to speak about it so much. It's just like, it's so disorientating. Um, so I, I basically was like, I'm just going to play the music I love and the style of music that I love. And it, I guess the genres of it are like club bangers, Bollywood music, electro, um, electro house, like techno. So like, I'm looking for the sort of like BPM, bassy sort of intense rave style energy with hip hop sprinkled through the whole thing and gay pop music. That's a recipe for a great, a great night out. You're not limiting yourself to anything either. You're not like, cause we had um, Marissa Malik on, on our last episode and she kind of talks about as being a South Asian DJ, there could, there can be a pressure to be like, okay, well, do I have to, do I have to play a certain type of music to show everyone that I am from, you know, South, South, South Asia, but actually you don't, you can play whatever you want. You don't need to be defined by any parameters. And I think like you kind of do that as well by just playing a little dash of everything and not being like, okay, well, it's an, it's a South Asian night, but that doesn't mean we have to play exclusively Bollywood music. We can go wherever we want with it. I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, um, it's, it's really naive to think that your music should be dictated by what other people think of you. Mm. I think if your music is good, then people will be like, this is incredible. It's a feeling. It's like, it's a sensation. It's euphoria. If you can, if you can capture that euphoria, no matter how well you spin or how poorly you transition, people, people are going to be like completely integrated and connected to you. And for me, it's like, uh, it's an appreciation of the music and it's like when i i, I don't know if, like even on the flower fight when they put the stupid clip of me dancing like a maniac at uk black pride at djing like i was just living my best life i was like slut dropping on a stage and i had no clue that like the music had taken over there were instagram stories and people were like you were possessed by bollywood and i was like i literally cannot get enough of it and it's like and i love it i respect it and like it's the only thing that has showed me flamboyance and opulence, has never judged me, and has showed me what unconditional love could possibly look like, give me unrealistic expectations about life. That's why I'm a therapist. And like, and just like soothes me. It's, it's so soothing. And like, when you mix it with like incredible tracks, like Bollywood is such a beautiful um, a harmonization between hip hop music and R&B. It doesn't need to be so ghettofied in the sense. It doesn't need to be so uh, black presenting. Like I think we as a South Asian community have lacked an identity of what we can bring because we've carried shame about the bindi or the chunni or body hair or mindi and all this. No one cares. Just do it. Just be your best self. And like we don't need to wear anyone else's mask or anyone else's garbs. Like we can we can unapologetically insert Bollywood and people will see how much they we love it and they'll love it too. It's really interesting to look at Bollywood as a genre, especially now. And I'm, and I'm saying this like a bit with a, um, excitement because I have some um, projects that are in the pipeline in Bollywood, which is like something I never thought would happen. Okay, interesting. And then speaking of, can you tell us any more about these upcoming Bollywood projects? I can't because I never kiss and tell. And also... That was a little hungama smile, so cheeky. But also, like, um, if you, yeah, cute, cute that you can see me. Um, I, I, I just after the pandemic, if I've learned anything, it's like just um, count your blessings and don't and don't expect anything to happen. So I, I would hate to jinx it, especially because we're not out of the COVID yet. Exciting potential Bollywood projects aside, what about the return of hungama? Mm. We're all crossing our fingers. Post June twenty first, have you got anything lined up? I don't. 
have a there will be a Hungamo's return and it's going to be epic. I'm I'm not going to tell people when it is, but it'll happen when the time is right. Um but there will be some really exciting Hungama related things that are coming out. So I'm currently working with um this is first news. I haven't told anyone publicly about this, but I I have been working um quite uh, intensively with queer South Asian musicians and producers and I would like to be I'm proud to say that Hangama will be dropping the first various artist mixtape of club bangers ballads and Bollywood tracks so be looking out for that original original music by queer South Asians I've never seen it before I guess in the the genre or like in the in the appreciation of the Bali Sagu uh, like Apache Indian like all of these like um, amazing burnt CDs that were being sold at Indian stores we're gonna have that vibe and drop a whole new sound that people have never heard before. I love that. Okay, our Zoom call is going to hang up in six minutes. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds. You can take more if you want. That's that's allowed. To tell us about your BBC Three debut. Tell us about that. I am so thrilled to be hosting it's on BBC Three. It is called The Big Proud Party Agency. And it is, that's a working title, I think. But um, So they might change it. Going to be a show where I, alongside Teddy Edwards and Christopher Mills, we will be throwing parties for queer people who did not get to celebrate a anniversary because of COVID and, and there'll be surprise parties. So their friends will be nominating them and um, it'll be on the fly as well. So like, we'll kind of be under pressure. There'll be a bit of competition, but it's like, it'll, it'll be really, really fun. And I think it'd be nice to give people insight into how to plan a party for me specifically, like immersive experiential events, my network of people that I love. I want to like give them all a platform and and celebrate one person because if we all celebrate one person, we're all celebrating each other. And last up, I'm now, Ryan, banishing you to a dear sea island, okay? You've just got some palm trees, the sun, it's nice, but you're by yourself. You can take one track with you. What are you taking? I Don't Mind by Siva. Like Siva has an absolutely incredible voice. And I don't mind, I think it's such a beautiful track. Um, Siva's entire album, We Need to Talk, is just incredible. And um, and I've been really lucky to meet Siva during, like Siva came to the last Hangama before the pandemic hit and we we really connected um, over the pandemic. And his music is unparalleled. And for a queer South Asian boy and his experience and what he's going through, I think like, he's like, He's like on that same level as like MNEK and Oli from years and years. Like, and he deserves every bit of support that any one of us can muster. Great. Well, we'll be listening to it and you'll be listening to it on repeat on your Desi Island. Yeah, yeah, I can. I think I did. Uh, during the pandemic, when he sent me the album before it um, was released, um, I Don't Mind was on repeat at night because I, I was suffering from a lot of anxiety. And I just, uh, this, it has this sort of like Drake's like views from the six vibe to it. And like, it's just like, like feels no way. Like that whole like vibe. It's just, it's really cute. I think, yeah, check it out. Ryan, is there anything else that you want to mention before we sign off in terms of upcoming news projects, where to find you on Instagram, any of that kind of stuff? Well, you can follow me at Ryan Langey, R-Y-A-N-L-A-N-J-I, J for Jurassic Park. And um, my Twitter is the same. Uh, Hangama is Hangama, H-U-N-G-A-M-A underscore L-D-N. Um, I also do a one, once a month show on Nestle Radio called Those of Bollywood, where like I interview queer South Asian talent. Um, I think last episode we had like Pure Ragu and Heretics on it. And then we get them to play their Bollywood tracks or tracks that inspired them. Um, and we just like, just have fun, have a kiki. And so just follow, I'm doing, I'm doing so much. Everyone just get involved. Like if you, if, if you want to listen to it, if you want to get involved, if you want to, if you want, if you want to do something, just holla at your boy. 
I absolutely loved him. He was a ball of energy. Yusuf and I were like a little bit tired. It was a Saturday morning. Got up Zoom. Before Ryan came on, we said zero words to each other. And we're like, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, should we do this? And then as soon as Ryan joined the chat, we were so excited. We became so excited. Yeah, everything about him, he just exudes like cool. I, I think I definitely want to put my nose stub back in after seeing him with his because I was like, oh yeah, that does look good, doesn't it? And I, it kind of, I made, I, I wanted to be more fashion conscious after just seeing him about. I was like, oh, I need to put more effort in, you know? He's fashion. He is fashion. Yeah. And did you see that clip of him on Instagram the other day when he was DJing somewhere? Yeah, I did. He was DJing at the daytime as a event. The orange trousers. That orange is our colour. That is the South Asians colour. Like, we rock that colour like nobody else. Like, all my, my orange jacket. Guys, you heard it here first. If you're South Asian, your colour's burnt orange. Honestly, burnt orange. We look good in it. Like, we look real good in it. No one can, no one can touch us wearing burnt orange. Like, it is, jeez, fuego. That is a Yusuf insider tip. I thought it was really interesting that he grew up in Canada and then he, when he came out to his parents, he had to, he, he left. He didn't really go into much detail, but he kind of alluded to the fact that it was because I guess he needed some space and some time from his parent. Yeah. Well, I mean, big up to Ryan for making spaces where we realized that, you know, there are spaces for us to be queer and south asian the thing is he's just being he's just he's just being himself and that's what really that's what really comes across is that he's just doing his thing he's being himself he's loving every second of it and he's not holding back and that's just really cool and that's really enlightening to see so yeah all power to him all power to him and like all of our guests so far because that's also the vibe that we got off marissa just being themselves doing them and you know, just put your personality out there and the brand will kind of follow. What you do will follow. I'm inspired, mate. That's all from us. A quick and easy episode, number four, that was. I enjoyed yeah. it. Shout out everyone who's sharing it. Keep doing your thing. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Like and subscribe and we'll, we'll see you next time. To all, to all uh, four of our regular viewers, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts.